This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice with over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code PEDSDOC that's p-e-d-s-d-o-c parents are coming to us paralyzed with fear almost because they are scrutinizing every little thing they are saying to their kids and doing with their kids and fearing that if they do or say the wrong thing it's going to cause a quote-unquote trauma response or they're going to traumatize their kids or in the case of praise they're going to ruin their child's intrinsic motivation or reduce their achievement in some way and I mean there's just such as you mentioned it's really a lack of nuance and a gross misinterpretation of the research. Welcome back to the Peds Doc Talk podcast. This show's success is largely due to you and the way you share the podcast with others and leave reviews. So thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. I'm just so grateful to have the most amazing guests to guide you in your parenting journey. Topics about all things parenting, child health, child development, and parental health and mental health. Today's guest is a repeat guest. She was on my show talking about reward systems and if they're harmful in children. They're not. Um, and her name is Dr. Jenica Engler. She is a developmental neuropsychologist, clinical scientist, and mom, and my social media friend. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jenica. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. So obviously we spoke on my show when we talked about reward systems, particularly with potty training, which both you and I did use reward systems with potty training our children. But I'm so happy that we can connect today to talk about praise. And is it ruining our children? Because there is a lot of misinformation or maybe lack of nuance out there on social media, especially about praise. And so before we get into this topic, tell everyone who may not be familiar with who you are more about yourself and what you do as a developmental neuropsychologist. Yes. So I am a licensed psychologist with a subspecialty in developmental neuropsychology, meaning I have additional training and expertise in the assessment of child development, neurodevelopmental disorders, as well as in evidence-based treatment for various types of pediatric and adult therapies. And more recently, I've actually been doing primarily research work as I have you know, been balancing motherhood. So mm-hmm. I get to sort of have a nice purview of you know, all the clinical aspects of things as well as the research side of things as well. So I sort of get this really unique perspective that I think bodes well when there's just so much misinformation out there now on social media. It's really hard to weed through. Even as a pediatric expert, sometimes it can be really difficult to weed through what actually is legit. 
Well, also, I mean, speaking both on social media, doing very similar things, trying to obviously make sure that people understand nuance, which is so not common on a lot of the large social media accounts, especially in the parenting space, right? Nuance is like kind of lost. It's like you well, do nuance this. Nothing sells. Exactly. Middle ground. Yeah. Middle ground never (laughs) sells. I can, I totally get that, but it's so frustrating. And also just trying not to scare parents, but also trying to pick up the pieces. I mean, as a neuropsychologist, and especially for me as a pediatrician, I get so much of that, right? Like, Hey, I read on this big account or I read on online that I can't tell my child that they make me feel bad. Like that I felt yeah. sad. I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but I'm like, wait, sure. no, like there's nuance there. Like we could talk about that too, but it's like, yeah. this is so important that we're chatting about this because I praise my son. I have no worry in praising my child. When I have my second child, I'll do the same. But yes, there's a balance there on what you're mm-hmm. praising them, how you're praising them. But I'm sure you're seeing a lot of this. What are you seeing? What is the yeah. the commentary that you're hearing? Yeah. You're hitting the nail on the head. That's exactly what myself and all of my child psychologist colleagues are seeing right now is that parents are coming to us paralyzed with fear almost because they are scrutinizing every little thing they are saying to their kids and doing with their kids and fearing that if they do or say the wrong thing, it's going to cause a quote unquote Mm -hmm. trauma response Mm -hmm. or they're going to traumatize their kids or in the case of praise, they're going to ruin their child's intrinsic motivation Mm -hmm. or reduce their achievement in some way. And I mean, there's just such, as you mentioned, it's really a lack of nuance and a gross misinterpretation of the research on a lot of these topics in many cases. And sometimes the loudest voices in the room and those with the most followers get the most sort of traction on these things. It's very hard to change the narrative because once it's out there, you know, it's shared and reposted and then it becomes as if it's, you know, legitimate because you've seen it so much. There's exposure effects. So the more you see misinformation, the more likely you are, studies show, to actually believe it as truth and as fact, regardless of if it's legitimate or not. So just by seeing that same message over and over again, Mm -hmm. all over your feed, it can actually make you believe it regardless of how veritable that is. Oh, because this is just so concerning to me because we know that parenting is so hard as it is. So when you're so worried about tiptoeing, like I agree that there are things that we should be doing to foster a child's development, emotional development, all of that. But when you start to see all of this sort of, you can't do this and don't do this and you're going to not have internal validation and it's all going to be external validation, all this stuff that we'll talk about, it can become so overwhelming. Like you just feel like you're walking on eggshells with your own child, right? Like you're feeling, like you said, I can't say that. Like, oh my gosh, I just told my kid that they did a great job. (laughs) If you can't be fully present with your child because you are internally preoccupied with your own worries and concerns and overly anxious about messing it up because apparently now every little thing you say can mess up your kid, according to some folks, like you're going to be less present. It's going to impact things like potentially even attachment. If you are not able to be there and be fully present and delight in your child, those are all things that promote secure attachment. So when we take away from that, because we're so worried about screwing it up in every Every little decision day to day to day. I mean, it just adds up. It's unattainable. I mean, yeah. you need some sort of balance in it. And that's, I think, what's really missing from that conversation. So I'm excited for us to dive in and talk about exactly what the research says on praise, because I think that's going to be pretty illuminating. 
Yeah. And before we get to that, because that is going to be the most majority of that conversation that we're having today, tell the listeners again what we just mentioned about what a lot of modern, I'm going to say modern social media parenting philosophies, when they talk about worry about praise or saying that, you know, don't praise and the whole thing that you mentioned about internal validation, what is it that you are hearing exactly and explaining that terminology for anyone who's not familiar? Sure. So yeah. I'll tell you a little bit about sort of the history, because this is a case where actually history is important. So mm-hmm. back in the 1970s and 80s, there was research that found that rewards and praise can decrease intrinsic motivation, which is also known as like the over-justification effect. Mm-hmm. Um, however, later studies that were done to sort of look at all the nuances to this mm-hmm. found that this effect only holds for activities that were inherently enjoyed, right? So if it's something that the child already enjoyed and you're praising them, yes, that can potentially decrease their intrinsic motivation. But why would you be praising them for something they already enjoy doing and are having fun doing, right? It's just not something that typically happens a lot in day-to-day parenting practice, right? That's not how most parents will actually end up using praise. They usually use praise for things that are difficult for them or things that they're just learning and, you know, are still new. Or for example, things that held were very like high interest. So again, something that the child is super interested in. Or if that child's motivation to do that activity was initially high. So let's say they were Mm -hmm. like super motivated to do something and they would essentially be doing it regard like anyways, if you praise them, regardless of if you praise them, really. Um, so again, a lot of these sort of nuances, they don't really add up with how praise is used in day-to-day parenting situations. Now, that sort of basis of research was then incorporated into sort of Montessori um, methods. And Mm -hmm. they sort of popularized that you can't say good job and, you know, all of these things. And then more recently, the big sort of, I don't even want to call him a key opinion leader because I'll get into that. But Alfie Cohn had actually written a book on this topic, which is punished by rewards, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so in this, he makes the case against using any sorts of rewards, whether that's praise or tangible rewards. And, you know, his argument is that it decreases intrinsic motivation, it reduces achievement. Uh, and he <laughs> is really actually not the best, even though he has, he's written prolifically about topics in education and topics in parenting. I actually researched him for this podcast because I was uh-huh. like, oh, I want to make sure I'm sort of prepared and I'm quoting the right things because I haven't done any posts on praise. So I haven't done any literature reviews lately, but I was looking at his website and his biography because I'm trying to figure out what are his credentials? Like what makes him a, an expert and like, how is he even qualified to talk about this? Because that sort of stuff is pretty important. Yeah. You're going to be a key opinion leader on something. And I mean... Apparently, he did a one-year master in social science at the University of Chicago, and he's never actually done any real, like, research work. Mm. So he has all of these articles, like, tons of articles, but he doesn't have any original research. It's all opinion pieces, essentially. And he sort of will quote other people's research but he tends to cherry pick things and sort right. of just things in a way that doesn't make a lot of sense. So I was actually super surprised by that because I figured he was like a child psychologist or, you know, something. And, you know, he has 
tons and tons of things that he's written, but they're mostly opinion pieces. And so when the research has looked at most of his theories about why he thinks rewards and praise are bad, we've actually now had decades of randomized controlled trials, which are the highest quality research because it can actually prove causation. And so most of his theories have been misproven over the decades, time and again, right? Like we have multiple studies that show this, but yet he is still very popular. And so for him in particular, like he likes to cite this study from the University of Toronto where young kids who were frequently praised for displays of generosity tended to Mm -hmm. be slightly slightly less generous on an everyday basis than other children were. So every time they heard good sharing, I'm so proud of you for helping, they became a little less interested in sharing or helping. Now, the funny part is, is I'm looking at that and I'm like, oh, well, let's think about this. Like, how do we generalize? Oh, because we see an issue with kids sharing and something that's really hard for most kids, giving something away to somebody else, right? We're going to generalize that to praise about everything and say that's bad because of that one scenario. Like I look at that and I say, well, I think there's probably some confounding variables there. And especially if you're using the same praise over time, it can lose its potency and effectiveness as a reinforcer. Because if you were saying the same sort of boilerplate praise, oh, like great job. But like, it's also less sort of intense over time, I find as well, like you're not as animated or excited over time. So there are all these confounding sort of variables here with some of the research that he does cite. And then I'm looking at some of his other stuff and I'm like, wow, okay, I have no idea what actually qualifies you to be an expert in this. And uh, aside from the fact that you've published a bunch of articles and books uh, talking about how you know all about this. So I was actually very surprised by that. So those are the really big drivers behind a lot of this. So it's really the sort of recent Montessori movement as well as sort of these Alfie Cone disciples. Warmer, sunnier days are calling Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess Meals, chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. I absolutely love the spicy jalapeno lime cheddar chicken and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with factor meals because they're ready in two minutes no shopping prepping cooking or cleanup i work from home and love the convenience and how delicious factor meals are head to factormeals.com slash pedsdoctalk50 and use code pedsdoctalk50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next box that's code pedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash pedsdoctalk50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next box while your subscription is active. As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs 
and 504 plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Mm. And so with this, like what would be then going into the research that we do know, maybe the research that you have known before all of this that you mentioned, that how can praise be beneficial? And is there a better way to praise versus not? Absolutely. So I think the first thing that I want to say is balance, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want to go overboard with this. There should not be a good job for like every single thing they're doing because then it loses its effectiveness, right? So you want to be sort of judicious about how and why you're praising your child. And there's different quality to the type of praise you use. So we know that telling your kid, oh, you're so smart, things that are about like their personal attributes, like you're so pretty, you're so this. Those are actually things that can take away. They're not necessarily a good thing because they can become sort of self-fulfilling prophecies and you stop trying as much because you think you're smart and you're going to do like there isn't established research based on that. So what you typically want to be doing is you want to be praising more of the process, right? So you're working really hard on that. You are um, taking your time to think about different ways of doing that and then trying it and look, you figured it out. But the funny thing is, is that a lot of people really vilify sort of good job, but they're like, okay, but you can say you did it because that's not quite so evaluative, right? Because good job implies that if you didn't do a good job, maybe you did a bad job. And I'm like, but that's the same thing as saying you did it because if you didn't do it, then you didn't do it. Right, right. I look at this and I'm like, oh gosh, I'm like, that doesn't pass the sniff test for me, right? Like that just doesn't logically make sense. So I think most people are going to at some point say good job just out of sort of automaticity. It feels natural, right? It feels natural, exactly. So there's like better ways to use praise. And what I will say is that the research shows that you want to reward your child for tasks that are not naturally interesting or fun to them. So um, things like toileting, cleaning up their toys, mm-hmm. if they take medicine. And it's also really good as a reward system for learning new tasks, mm-hmm. right? Because it gets the ball rolling. Yeah. Then you can thin the quote unquote, what we say behaviorally is like the schedule of reinforcement, right? So the biggest sort of argument that a lot of these anti-praise folks make was, well, then they're going to always need the praise in order to do that. If they don't do it, they're going to stop doing that. And I mean, folks from our generation, almost every single one of us were praised for potty training, right? Right, right. There is nobody who is above a certain age, like I would say 20 at this point, who was not praised for potty training. 
And are we all still hopefully using the potty? Yeah, right. I think we are. And we're not getting praised for it anymore, right? Yeah, are we looking for external validation? No, like exactly. I don't turn to my husband every time I poop and say, hey, like you want to congratulate me? No, it, it fades out, like you said. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, it just, it doesn't pass the common sense test. Right. And it also is not supported by the research either. So, I mean, this is the other thing about research is that it's not hard to find a study somewhere that's going to, you know, yay or nay. It like reminds me of like the wine is good for your heart sort of research, right? For every study that says, there's evidence that red wine is good for your heart. Then there's another study saying, no, it's really not really that good. And so we're at the point where the results are so mixed, we don't know. But that's not the case with the praise research. We know that for most circumstances, praise is good and praise is helpful when used not in an overboard sort of well-balanced manner. But what happens is that because there are these very sort of nuanced, very sort of why would you be praising the many great situations that people are then grasping on and saying, look, yeah. praise is bad. It does all these things that are going to you know, mess up your kid. And it's like, that's not really A, how you use praise in real life and parenting, and B, you're completely ignoring, you know, the decades of high quality research we now have on this, which equates to hundreds of studies, meta-analyses, which are the most sort of robust ones always tend to find it's fine. So, you know, I think that's also the lack of understanding by some folks in terms of how to interpret the research Mm -hmm. that's really sort of making this problem worse. Well, I love how you just kind of talked about when to use it, right? Things that are not naturally fun for them, learning new tasks, getting the ball rolling, and also really talking about not praising things like characteristics like uh, or how they look or, you know, that they're pretty or, or cute or handsome yeah, all the time. And, and also the smartness. Yeah, like I agree yeah. with that. You know, like you said, it just seems so natural to want to praise that I'm using the smartness as an example, right? Like, wow, you're so smart. And I think you said it already, but like if a parent feels inclined to do that. Like if you're feeling like for some reason you want to comment on how they figure something out, remember what Dr. Jenica said and comment on the process. Like rather than saying you're so smart, done, you're so smart. You figured out how to do that and you didn't know how to do that exactly. before. You can actually turn it. Yes. Like and that happens yes. all the time with, that happens with us too. Yeah. It's so ingrained from mm-hmm. how we were brought up because that's how we were praised quite often for our attributes. Yeah. We don't know is not the optimal way, but the nice thing is, is that if you find yourself starting with that, you can, oh, that, that dress is so beautiful. Oh, it must be great for twirling or you're so smart. Look at how hard you work to figure out a new way of it. Like you can add stuff onto that to still make it process oriented. So if you screw up and you say, Hey, you're so smart or, Oh gosh, you're so beautiful. So like, that's not going to mess up your kid. It's all about balance. And as long as most of the time you're not overdoing it with praise, you're not making it mostly attribute focused, you're making more process focused. It's not going to cause harm. And that's the thing that I think a lot of the nuance is really missing with is that most people are not going quite to the extremes and doing it in a way that is going to be overbearing or cause harm. So I think most people, they use praise pretty normally, pretty well. And I think it's really unfortunate parents are are now afraid. I have moms who are DMing me saying, I'm afraid to praise my child or I praise my child that I just mess her up in some way. And it's like, it breaks my heart. Yeah. I mean, and I think about a lot of my parenting understanding comes not only from understanding research and data, but also clinical experience and also my childhood, right? Like I look back Mm -hmm. at just all the trends and things that worked and didn't work. And I grew up with a father who very rarely praised us. And it actually Mm -hmm. had a huge impact on me that I never really got him to just say, hey, 
I'm really proud of you for doing that. And we we're human beings. Like you're not going to live a life of being, I only need external validation. If it's a balance, like you said, like having someone that you really love, whether it's a parent or a partner say, Hey, I noticed you did that. And I just want to say thank you. Or it really meant a lot to me. Like that is super amazing for humans. Like we like that. So I think we forget that with children is that when I grew up with that, like it can create issues when you never get it. And everything is like, well, you're not doing this. Like I was told, oh my gosh, like, well, you didn't get this. Like, and a lot of people listening may resonate, but I know it's very common in the Indian American education, like how we were raised as immigrants, like children of immigrants. Like it was all about, well, you didn't get an A, you got an A minus, you got a B. Like it was was an A plus, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, you you were never praised for improvement, right? Like you said, the process and it was all metrics. It was all the end goal. And that actually has a huge impact because then you don't have that growth mindset. You know, so all goes back to praising the process and saying, Hey, I noticed you did better. I noticed you improved. Like it's okay to say, I'm proud of you because you improved. That is really cool. Ryan, the day we're recording this, he is three, so he doesn't color in the lines. Right. And that's totally normal. But I'm like, let me talk with him and see if I can teach him to color in between the lines. And today, the day of this recording, he colored in between the lines. And I was like, Hey, like, look at this. And then I showed him the other picture from his school. Like, Hey, do you see how this one had the lines all over, but this one, you kept the color in between the black lines. And he's like, mommy, I did it. And he was so happy. And it was this joyous, praise filled mm-hmm. event, but it was about like, Hey, look at how you've changed. And now he's so excited to color between the lines. Like you said, a ball rolling, learning new test situation. So yeah. I don't want, again, I don't want parents to be afraid. It's not like you're going to ruin them. Well, and, that's another yeah. one that's been making the rounds on social media that you should never tell your child that you're proud of them because everything yeah. be, you must be so proud of yourself. And I right. think that's where the balance comes in. Again, I don't think you need to be so extreme that you need to be praising them for, I'm so proud of you for everything. But again, it doesn't need to be, you're so proud of yourself for everything either. Right. Like you're allowed to be proud of your kids and yes. to that to them. And just having a balance between like a lot of the time I'll say first, oh, you must be so proud of yourself. Guess what? I'm really proud of you too. Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't have to be this black or white sort of yay or nay situation. You can approach it with balance and that makes it a lot easier. And then the other thing that I will say about praise is that if it's inauthentic, kids can tell and say yeah. if you're like oh good job yay you did like don't <laughs> yeah. they pick up on that like it's yeah. not so that's I think that the problem with getting into some of the nitty-gritty about well you don't say good job say you're working really hard I'm like good job is essentially the same thing as saying you're working really hard like if there's right. not a difference there especially the young kids they don't notice the difference so much but it also it's not just the language you're using it's how you're saying yeah, how tone. you are mm-hmm. excited, your tone, your facial expressions. And so if there's a mismatch between what you're saying and how you're saying it, because you think that you're just supposed to praise them because you're supposed to praise them, then you're not doing yourself any favors there either. Just kids pick up when you're not being authentic. As long as it's authentic, you know, you're going to be fine. And like one of my like best sort of go-to hacks for how to praise in a process oriented manner is to just sort of narrate what the kid's doing, right? Mm -hmm. You put your shoes on all by yourself and you have that little raise in your intonation at the end with a little excitement, like an exclamation point on the end. That can inherently make it like praise without it being super evaluative, right? And that's the other thing. It's like mix up your praise, right? It it shouldn't be like a robotic, good job every time, good job every time, you know? Uh, And of course, I'm not going to say don't say good job because I think everybody's going to say good job at some point. I think there are more sort of descriptive process-oriented phrases that you can use for praise, but also 
throwing good job in, totally fine, right? Yeah. As long as it's authentic, as long as something that you're going to use judiciously, the research supports that. And anybody who says otherwise is probably using fear-mongering tactics to sell you on a parenting course or something. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing. It's like, oh, yeah. learn how to do that. You're doing it the wrong way. Learn how to do it the right way by buying my course. Like, that's like a big red flag yeah. that everybody should be on the watch for. If something is evoking this scare response tactic, what are they trying to sell you? Because right. chances are they're trying to sell you something. <laughs> well, because I have toddler courses and I have scripts and I was so hesitant to put scripts in there because of what you just said, like scripts mm-hmm. only work if they feel natural and only mm-hmm. if they're delivered in the tone and you mean it, right? Like you just said. And it's so because I put it in there because I know people really like them just so that they get an idea. And I said in the first thing, I'm like, I'm going to give you all some scripts, but if you are not using it in a tone that makes sense for you and that you actually mean it, it's not going to go anywhere because yeah. nonverbal communication is actually way more powerful, like we know, than Absolutely. actually what you're saying with children. Yeah. Like you could sit there with a look and they're going to be like, oh, versus <laughs> what you're saying. And like you said, if you're like on your phone and your child does something and you're like, oh, yeah, good job. Like, that's really great. They're going to know that there was no intention behind that joy. And I love what you mentioned about that raise of the voice at the end. Right. Like, hey, you put on your shoes on your own. Like that obviously just from a vibe makes me feel like, oh, thanks, Jenica. I did put on my shoes on my own. I feel so good. I love it. But this is so important. And like the scripts and also the don't say this, but say this. I will be honest. It stresses me out seeing mm-hmm. that not only as a parent, because I'm like, dude, sometimes I say that, like, be careful. Like sometimes I say be careful. Oh, I mean, it's automatic. It's I mean, automatic. And yeah. I don't think that I'm ruining my son. Like it happens. And again, we're used to it. But yes, you could kind of change that way and come up with new scripts, but do not feel bad. If you're listening to this and you don't say the right thing all the time, like it's okay. Like you're not ruining your kid. I promise you, you're not like, I get the same messages that you do. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I said this. Like, and that's so stressful as a parent. I have to say the fact that it makes me do a double take and I know better, right? Like these accounts that are spreading these sort of things. I mean, they just are so good with marketing. They really suck you in and it's hard not to get sucked in. I mean, I've actually, some of my posts, I actually went and did the research because I saw those posts and I was like, wait, am I messing my kid up? I was like, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't go against the education and research. I was like, you know, let me double check this. Maybe there's some research that's new that I'm not aware of. And I look at it, I'm like, no, there is no research on that that shows telling your kid, you made me feel mad or sad or whatever will lead to codependency. But that has been making the rounds. I'm looking at the research. I'm like, it's all about addiction and abuse and other things. And I'm like, oh, hmm, that's really interesting that we're taking a term that is, you know, not even really applied as often in normal sort of Uh, non-pathological relationships. And we are now saying that because you made mommy feel sad when he told me you hated me, now I'm messing you up for life. I mean, it's ridiculous. Now I'm going to be codependent. I'm going to think all relationships like, yeah, there's something it's research is important. Don't get me wrong. But besides research, it's just looking at things with a balanced lens. Like, and I think yeah. many parents can do that, but they forget when they get into all these things that they're reading or all of that. And like, just stepping back exactly. and saying, yeah, yeah. And being like, Hey, does this make sense? I'm not ruining my kid. Like I'm giving them balance. I love them. I want to show them praise. I get that. I have to praise the process and that's it. Literally. That's the podcast. Like, that's yeah, the episode. That's, that's, <laughs> praise that's the process. Really it. <laughs> 
balance, make it authentic, and try to create the process for yeah. individual attributes. And we're done. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just going to ask you, I think that would be, what would be your final message? I think that was an amazing final message, but is there anything else that you'd want to add for everyone listening today? You obviously already have given so many great pearls and I love talking to you, but anything else there? So what I would say is that if there are accounts that you are following that are making you question your parenting intuition or making you feel bad about yourself as a parent, go ahead and Marie Kondo them Mm because it is not worth it. And chances are they are probably posting things that are not even accurate anyways. Yeah. And or like Jenica said, there is a marketing aspect of this, right? We know that from on a social media standpoint, that extreme views sell things that get you to click and get your emotions high and like that are almost in a way controversial is what's going to sell. Not even in just in the parenting space, everybody. The algorithm pushes the sensationalized black and white, non-nuanced content. It does not promote the nuanced, like very well-balanced, but sort of boring stuff. Because a lot of this is basic and it's kind of boring. And that's That's like our accounts, okay? We're like boring. (laughs) Even though we're, I'm telling you right now, like I told my husband, I'm like, I'm boring because I'm balanced and that's okay. I will get the people that really understand the balance and want that. But you're right. I'm not an extremist and I actually understand other viewpoints, da, da, da. But yes, it's true. Oh, Jenica, this was so awesome (laughs) chatting with you. So we talked about reward systems already. I'm going to have you back on the show to talk about timeouts because that's another thing that's making the rounds and has been Mm -hmm. making the rounds for a long time. Um, and I think there's a lot of misconceptions on how to do timeouts, but also that it's harmful. But um, tell everyone where people can stay connected if they want to stay in touch with your information. Absolutely. So you can find me on both Instagram and YouTube. My handle is Dr. Jenica, D-R-J-E-N-I-C-K-A. And you can also find me in Peasdoc uh, Stories. Awesome. Well, I am going to be linking everything to our show notes so you can stay connected and you're going to take a listen to the other episodes as well. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Always a pleasure. And for everyone listening, if you love this conversation, which I really hope you did, I hope you appreciate the balanced approach of this podcast and also my platform and connecting with people like Dr. Jenica. Make sure you leave a review, call out this episode, say what you learned from it, say that it made you feel like a better parent praising your kid and not feeling overwhelmed. And I cannot wait to chat with her again and another guest next week. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. As always, please leave a review share this episode with a friend, share it on your social media. Make sure to follow me at Pete's Doc Talk on Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Pete's Doc Talk TV. We'll talk to you soon. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.